is smaller than the shruk and is used before gi into the shruk. It is also sometimes used instead of the shruk to pour gi directly into the sacrificial fire. These are the Lord's symbols in Treta Yuga when the Lord incarnates to introduce the Yuga Dharma of Yajna or sacrifice. There's not much to get said about this, so I'm going to go right on to the next verse here. This is text 25. Tam tada devam sarvadeya mayam harim vijhanti vidyaya tvaya dharmishtamavadina Translation and purport. Actually, this is purport is by the disciples of in Treta Yuga, those members of human society who are fixed in religiosity and are sincerely interested in achieving the absolute truth worship Lord Hari, who contains within himself all the demigods. The Lord is worshipped by the rituals of sacrifice taught in the three Vedas. The residents of the earth in Satya Yuga are described as having all good qualities. In Satya Yuga, human society is described as Dharmishta, as thoroughly religious, and Brahma Bhadina, or faithfully seeking the absolute truth through the Vedic injunction. However, it should be noted that all the exalted qualities of the people of Satya Yuga are not mentioned in this verse. In other words, in Satya Yuga, people are automatically perfect, whereas in Satya Yuga, people are inclined to become perfect through performing Vedic sacrifices. In Satya Yuga, human society is not automatically Krishna conscious, as it was in Satya Yuga, but people are still highly inclined to become Krishna conscious because they strictly follow the Vedic injunctions. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram. So, it's mentioned here that in Satya Yuga, people were so pure that practically they uh, didn't even need to perform any sacrifice. They were just already so pure that Nuggets for those who are impure. People in Satya Yuga were so pure, they were, they were practically on their way out of the material world. They were so pure. So in other ages, then more vice kind of moved in trade than in especially. Kali, which is the reverse of the ages. But, but in one sense, actually it's mentioned that, uh, believe it or not, the <laughs> guys are waiting in line to take birth in Kali Yuga because of the mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And all one has to do in this age is chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. 
So it's actually uh, very easy in this age. In other ages, they perform these huge fire sacrifices and very elaborate uh, deed worship and, and meditation for long, for long periods of time. Now we just chant Hare Krishna. But of course there's a quality to that chanting. Uh, we should chant attentively, uh, not mechanically. Prabhupada gives the example of one, one man in a village in India, he wanted to learn English. So one friend of his had just come from the city. And he said, you know, I want to go to the city, I want to learn English. He said, well, if you want to go to the city, you should know at least three words. Yes, no, three four words. Very good. So he taught these, uh, yes, no, very good. So he went into the city and he was very happy, very proud. Now I'm, I'm in the city, I'm going to learn English, I'll be a success. So he's walking down the street. And there was some robbery in the street he was walking down. And the police were looking for the robber, and they came to him and said, the policeman said, Did you rob this house? He said, Yes. So he with him, took him to jail, put him in jail. Two days later, he went before the judge. The judge said, Did you rob that house? Yes. Did anybody help you? No. Then you're going to jail for a long time. Very good. So this is mechanical. Didn't know what he was saying, so got him in trouble. <laughs> so uh, we have to chant the holy name with a desire to become purified. Uh, what is that purification? Uh, there's freedom of material desires and the desire to, to serve Krishna. And Krishna is very powerful, he's very purifying. Vedyam Pavitam Omkara. He says that I am that which purifies. He will purify us. It's not easy to be pure in this age. There's so much contamination. But it is possible. By this chanting. And also services. And if we chant nicely, then Krishna, he'll help us, kill the separatists with us. There's an interesting incident that happened in Gainesville, Florida. Uh, was, this was the time when Reagan was trying to become president. And there was a big you know, presidential election going on. And, and at this time, the devotees were having Harinam in Gainesville. Every Friday they have a big Harinam there on the corner of the University University of Florida. And devotees were having a very fired up high now, 20 devotees. And this one person who was uh, uh, rooting for Reagan, he uh, saw this high now. So he thought, oh, these, these people are very fired up. So he decided, he pulled over and he got his sign, vote for Reagan, and he jumped right in the middle of the high now. So people were driving by and thinking, I didn't know the Hare Krishnas were voting for Reagan. <laughs> so the devotees got it. They didn't care, you know. He's chanting, you know, he wasn't chanting, actually, he was dancing. So he was dancing, you know, he was dancing in front of the fire down there. 
So one news reporter, newspaper reporter, he drove by and he saw the sign. Bouncing up there in the middle of Hari now. Well, this is interesting. The other Hari Christians are voting for Rishi. So he took a picture and there was a little article in the newspaper. And a couple of days later, Reagan became president. Christians so, mercy. <laughs> so then, uh, a few days later, someone put a picture of this person in the newspaper on Reagan's desk. And he thought, well, this person is very enthusiastic. So he told the Secret Serviceman to fly down to Gainesville, fly, find this guy, send him up, he wants to have lunch with him at the White House. Now, generally, it's not an easy thing to have lunch with the President. But because he had pleased the President, therefore the President sent for him and he had lunch with the President. Of course, nowadays, nobody would want to have lunch with the President, President, but that's another thing. Hopefully the next one will be better. So, it's kind of like that. If we please a superior, then they have the ability to give, to give mercy. So who's more superior than Krishna? So if we please Krishna by chanting his names, by doing deeds, by distributing books, by uh, remembering Krishna, then Krishna, he'll be pleased with us. And he'll also invite us back to the spiritual world and we can have lunch with Krishna. <laughs> so this is the best person to have lunch with. And it's possible. Just like there's this statement in the Bhagavad Gita, the Gita, Raghavaya Krodha, Manmaya Mamapashita, that being freed from attachment, fear, and anger, many persons of the past have become purified by knowledge of me, and they have attained me. So Krishna is kind of encouraging us here. It's happened many, many times in the past. So it can happen to us also. And some devotees think, well, oh, it's so difficult. I mean, it's the most nature pushing so hard, and it's just so hard to control the senses. What hope is there for me to attain the highest level of pure devotional service and go back to Krishna? What is the hope? I'll tell you an interesting incident that happened to refute this argument. In Miami, back in the early 80s, there was a very nice Indian couple very devotional, very uh, fired up in Krishna consciousness. But somehow the, the lady, she got cancer. And the devotees were very distraught about this because she was very dear to the devotees. So we were going there and having uh, bhajans at the hospital there. And uh, eventually the, the cancer got to advanced stages of cancer, so we were going there we went there one night and it was she was pretty much on her way out we stayed there for many hours but eventually we had to leave and about an hour later her husband is standing next to the, to the bed and she says to her husband do you see him? 
And he says, do I see who? She said, Krishna, he's standing right in front of me. And he's so beautiful. And then she left her body. Went back to Krishna. So it's happening within our society. It's happening. <laughs> and even there's that incident of a devotee who had a mother who was not very favorable. And she also, she was leaving her body. And just before she left her body, she said to her son, who was right there, she said, where is your Krishna now? And then she left her body. And this is what he talked about. And Prabhupada said, she went back to God. She was thinking of Krishna. She wasn't a devotee. She wasn't chanting. But she remembered the mercy of the devotee, she was able to remember Krishna. So, uh, this is very powerful. And the whole point uh, of this Krishna consciousness is preparation so that we can think of Krishna at the time of death. Now, sometimes I've heard this uh, idea that, well, I'll just, I'll just do my material life life and then at the end of life I'll be serious and then I'll think of Krishna and then I'll go back to God. But Krishna's not stupid. Krishna's very intelligent. Oh, you want to just enjoy and then you know, go the cheap one and you just think of me at the time of death. But to think of Krishna at the time of death is not, not easy. By Krishna's mercy, this lady was able to think of Krishna somehow at the time of death due to the mercy of her son. But this is rare. We shouldn't have this idea that that I'll just perform my material activities and then I'll think of Krishna at the time of death. No. And even in the process of sadhana bhakti, it's so nice. So even while we're trying to become completely Krishna conscious, it's nice. We have a nice association of devotees. We have nice hardams, nice devotional service, nice prasadam. So it's a very, very nice process. One devotee was just telling me recently that the Buddhists, what they do in the Buddhist faith, very austere. They, they have to sit there meditation. And every once in a while, they, they Buddhist, one of the head Buddhist monks, he comes by with a stick and he just, he just hits you real hard on the back. And then he, you're not supposed to react. You know, this is a sign that you're going beyond the body. And another one is they, 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 they jump into ice cold, freezing cold, and they just sit in there for some time and then jump out and trying to get beyond the bodily consumption of life. You know, very austere. <laughs> But our process is so nice. Chanting, dancing, taking the shot. Such a nice process. I'm so fortunate. Easy way to ask God. We just have to do it uh, sincerely. And Krishna, he'll he'll reciprocate. And eventually, uh, no more material body in one purport the pure devotee does not have a material body because it has been surcharged with the current 
of Krishna's mythical interest. So this is what makes us pure. We have to have the same interest as Krishna. So what is Krishna's interest? He comes and he tells us what his interest is. He comes and tells us how to get pure, how to go back to the spiritual world. He says, from wherever the mind wanders, due to the flickering and unsteady nature, one must bring it back under the control of the self. We have to think of Krishna. Krishna says in the in the Gita, I think it's a little bit later after this, he says, Dordeyanam Ahamana. He says, of difficult things to conquer, I am the mind. Very difficult to control, to conquer the mind. Very difficult. Even, even Arjuna, the disciple of Krishna, he says, Chantalami Mara Krishna, Tamati Balavadjita. It's very flickering, just going here and there. Have you ever noticed that? Mind's going here and there. Especially when we're trying to chant Java. <laughs> You know, it's, it's on the other side of the planet and it's at our old house it's with our old friends it's just like going sometimes I'm chanting my job and I'm thinking where did this thought come from these <laughs> thoughts are just coming and going just from all different directions so from wherever it goes we have to bring it back get it we have to learn this art of bring it back bringing it back under the control of the self if we don't if we let the mind keep going eventually we're gone. Eventually we're gone. And someone says, hey, where did that Prabhu go? Because we didn't learn this art, we have to keep on bringing the mind back. And that's what the Hare Krishna Mahatma keeps on bringing the mind back. You know, learn this, this art. Keep on bringing it back. And eventually, uh, we'll become completely Krishna conscious. Prabhupada mentions that that as we continue performing devotional service, our uh, devotional activities they build up, they build up and they build up, they build up, and then eventually Krishna gives Himself to us. Sometimes we might be a little discouraged that I don't feel myself advancing in spiritual life. I feel like I'm in the same position, maybe maybe a little worse than I was. You feel that way sometimes. But we may not uh, perceive how we're advancing. But it's happening. Just like the child, little children, they don't, they don't perceive so much how they're growing. There was one little boy in Los Angeles. I used to tease him. I said, you can get it, you know. You're not growing at all. You're the same as you've been for the past three years. And he'd run to his, mom, to his mother and say, Mommy, Vijay says I'm going to be a pigeon. I'm not growing. Is that true? No, no, he's just playing with you. It's okay. You're growing. It's okay. <laughs> so we, we also, we're like, we're spiritual children. We're trying to grow in spiritual life. And we may not notice how we're growing spiritually. It's happening. And even if we become very advanced, we don't feel like we're advanced. You know, the Utma Arkari, which is kind of like that. He feels himself to be the lowest. 
Everybody else is more advanced than him. Even the karmis. <laughs> he killed you know, Krishna Das Kavirat. He says, I'm lower than a worm in stool. Anybody here feel that low? Yeah. <laughs> here is a Mahatma highest level of devotional service. Describe the pastimes of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, so respected throughout the Vaishnava community, most respected. Feels himself so low that if anybody chants his name, they lose all pious credits. So if you don't feel you're very advanced, that's a very healthy. You're doing great. <laughs> you start thinking you're advanced, that's a problem. So, uh, it's a nice process. Yeah. Free of false ego. This ego is the problem. This false ego is the problem. This real ego. Awesome. So we're trying to uh, to become free of this false ego, this bodily conception of life, and come to the real ego, which is that I'm the eternal servant of Krishna. And uh, it's possible. We have to have this faith. And Prabhupada mentions in the, in the purport in the Bhagavad Gita that a devotee has no doubt about Krishna consciousness. Why? Because he's completely free of all sin. And he says that this is the state of divine love. Beautiful little statement there by Prabhupada. No doubt because he's free of sin. So there's no sin and then there's subtle sin. So now we're practicing this. You know, no gross sin. Right? And then there's still sin in the heart. Yeah. So we're trying to also purge that out. It's like, uh, we're we're renovating our heart. You know, when someone renovates a building, they call it gutting it. Or they just take everything out of the building, completely renovate it, and then put new things in it. So that's what we're doing. Completely renovating the heart, getting all the garbage out. What mentions also, he says, this bhakti yoga process is a is a process of forgetting everything that we've learned in the material world and remembering Krishna. It's all about forgetting all the nonsense, all the poison that we've gained throughout generations and millenniums and uh, and just remembering Krishna. So this is the bhakti yoga process. There's so many different types of of yoga going on nowadays. But this is the highest yoga. Not this uh, Vikram yoga and this yoga and that yoga, Hatha yoga dhyana yoga this is the highest level of yoga yoginam matrisavesam madhitanantratma sharvadhijitayasamayitamodita says of all yogis he who abides in me with great faith worshiping me in transcendental service he is the most intimately with, intimately united with me in yoga he is the highest of all yes, so this is the highest yoga and uh, 
when we reach that, we'll be completely satisfied. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, Narada Muni was teaching uh, the Chaitas. He says, he says, you can very quickly please Krishna by doing three things. First is by showing compassion to others. This is the, the first one he mentions, which is also the most important. Because a devotee is para dukudukhi. When he sees others suffering, it gives pain. So Krishna, he is also part of the Dukhi, That when he sees others suffering, he gives pain. Prabhupada mentioned that Krishna, he has one problem, only one problem. And that's us, <laughs> in the material world. So therefore he comes to solve this problem. Yada yada hidarmasya, grani bhavati Whenever there's a predominant rise of your religion, decline in religious practice at the time, I just said myself. So, uh, we are meant to become instruments or assistants of Krishna to try to solve this problem. So these activities that we do in Iskand, as Srila Prabhupada has set up, as Harinam, Shadam distribution, book distribution. This is all to assist Krishna in trying to solve this major problem. The problem is ignorance. It's an epidemic all over the world. Every home. Disease. A major disease. So we're trying to help people become free of this ignorance. Ignorance comes from this, from ignoring Krishna. So we're trying to help people remember Krishna again. Prabhupada is so Krishna conscious. One time Prabhupada was in his room and there was one lady in the room and this lady she had never seen this particular type of bug before that was on Prabhupada's table. And she said, Prabhupada, look at this unusual looking bug here on the table. And Prabhupada went down and looked at it. He said, well, chant to the poor thing. <laughs> so she started chanting. The bug. There's another instance where uh, Prabhupada was speaking to one devotee. We should be so Krishna conscious that we should be thinking how to make this ant Krishna conscious. Prabhupada is so Krishna conscious. Now, most people, I mentioned the yoga, so many types of yoga. Now, all these people that are, that are teaching yoga, especially the Indians coming from India, basically they try to hide Krishna. Isn't it? No Krishna. Hide Krishna. They come and teach this and they teach that. You know, impersonalism and hatha yoga and this and that. But no Krishna. 
Just like there's been so many translations of the Bhagavad Gita. Prabhupada said there's over 600 in English, but no Krishna. Therefore, Prabhupada called the Bhagavad Gita is all these other Bhagavad Gitas, you can call it Bhagavad Gita, but it isn't. No Krishna. Prabhupada used to say how this is Radha Krishna. That is not unto Krishna that you must surrender, but to the unborn within Krishna. As though there's some difference between the within and without. So it's my body. So Prabhupada didn't hide Krishna. Even when the, when the movement started, Prabhupada wanted to call it the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. And when devotees, Prabhupada knew we should be a little more vague, you know, not vague, but a little easier for people to grasp, you know, International Society for God Consciousness. And Prabhupada said, no, Krishna has to be up front, in the middle. <laughs> International Society for Krishna Consciousness. And all these other people, they always uh, have the, the gurus there, right? That's the main. That's what we know the movement by, by the guru's name. Our movement is known as the Hare Krishna movement, not the Prabhupada movement. Right? Prabhupada wanted to emphasize Krishna. He wanted to make Krishna known throughout the world. Yeah. Prabhupada wanted it to be a household word. Right. So one time, there was a, one of our GBC members, Balavanta Prabhu, at that time his GBC. He was in his house, and his daughter came running to, to her father and said, Pita, Pita, Bugs Bunny is chanting Hare Krishna. <laughs> he said, what? He went into the living room, and sure enough, Bugs Bunny is going about, he's chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna. So you can't get more household than that, you know, Bugs Bunny's chanting Hare Krishna. <laughs> so, Prabhupada wanted Krishna known. He didn't hide Krishna, except for one time. One time, believe it or not, Prabhupada hid Krishna. Can you believe it? Well, he did. I'll tell you how this happened. Srila Prabhupada was in India. This is about 1971, when the first crew of devotees, his dancing white elephants, went to India. So, there was one devotee, Shyama Sundaru, who had a little daughter. Anybody remember her name? Saraswati. Famous little Saraswati. So, they went to one home, a very wealthy man's home. And this man liked this little Saraswati. She was Krishna conscious. She was a very nice little Krishna conscious girl. So this host, he liked this little Saraswati. So he gave her a little murti, a little silver murti of Krishna. So she was very happy to have Krishna. The Prabhupada after she set it down on the table, Prabhupada said, this is not so good for such a young girl to have such a valuable thing. So he, somehow Prabhupada found another murti. So he hid this murti that was given to Saraswati. And he also hid the murti in another room. 
So Saraswati came into the room and she was looking for her little Murti of Krishna. And she's asking devotees, where's Krishna? And devotees say, I don't know. And Prabhupada said, look behind the door. He's maybe behind the door. So she runs for she's running over to the door, looks behind the door, not there. Look behind the pot. Maybe he's behind the pot. So she runs over to the pot. No Krishna. Look behind the curtain. Maybe he's behind the curtain. She runs over the curtain, looking for Krishna. And then Prabhupada starts chanting. Hey Radhe Raja Dejike Chalabite Hey Nandasuno Kuta Shri Govardhana Kapopada Patale Kalindivanje Kuta Gosantavati Sarvato Vajare Ke Dharmahavi Vado Vante Rupa Sanatana Babu Yugo from the Chief Goswamis of Vrindavan, they were running around Vrindavan shouting, Krishna, son of Maharaj Nanda, Srimati Radharani, Malita, where are you? Are you on the banks of the Yamuna under the copper Riksha trees? Where are you? This was the mood of the Chief Goswami. So he was enticing little Saraswati to find Krishna. And she her and her intensity was growing. She started crying, actually. She was so intense to find Krishna. And this is how we should chant the holy name, right? Prabhupada says this is one is crying out to Krishna, crying out to one's mother. So she was becoming like so intense, she started crying. And then one devotee said, Saraswati, who has Krishna? And then she looked at Prabhupada and she said, Prabhupada has Krishna. <laughs> and then she brought out this other Murti. And she was very happy to have Krishna. So this is one instance, one and only instance of Krishna being had hit by Prabhupada. So we're so fortunate that Srila Prabhupada brought Krishna who knows where we could all be? Right? Would be uh, somewhere in the ocean of the material nature, being knocked around by the modes of material nature. Yeah. So Sri said, "You cannot repay me for what I've given you because I've given you Krishna." He said, "But if you want to try." And preach. And there's many ways to preach. Harinam is preaching, book distribution is preaching, also prasadam. These are ways to repay what we've been given to the Prabhupada. So maybe I'll stop there. Is there any question or comment? Yes. Uh, you mentioned the gross sin. Uh, uh, what are the subtle sins that we have to be free from? Oh, subtle sin. Yeah. Well, uh, 
There's a gross sex life and there's subtle sex life. This is the main obstacle for everyone in the material world. So subtle sex is main thing, adoration. And also even just thinking of the activity of itself. So this is the main obstacle to our engaging in pure devotional service. It's uh, originally it was it was love for Krishna. Now it's been transformed into lust. And Krishna says, Kamesha, Prodesha, Rajgunas, Mahasana, Mahapama, Vidinami. He says, it is lust only, Arjun. It's the all-devouring sinful enemy of the world. Born of the mode of passion transformed into anger. It's the most difficult hurdle that we'll ever face. But it's possible. We have to chant very sincerely. If we chant sincerely, then eventually we'll realize actually I'm just a soul. This body is just a dress. It's a vehicle. It's such a Maya is so expert. I mean, what do you think of the body? What is it? It's blood, right? A lot of blood. There's bones. There's uh, a liver. There's a heart. Kidneys, the stool, the human—not not very nice thing. If, if this body, if the skin was transparent, it would be quite. It'd be horrible to see. <laughs> you know, if you the skin was transparent, you'd just see the blood and the veins. Sometimes in in these biology courses, they have pictures of the body, you know, showing the blood and the veins and everything. So this is the body. And when we eat, we eat nice prasadam, nice halava, and pakoras, and samosas, and you know, so many nice foods, right? But then how does it come out? <laughs> Such nice, smells so nice, tastes so nice, but this body is so obnoxious. But such nice food cells, when it comes out, the most obnoxious thing on the planet. <laughs> so nice about this body. <laughs> Not so nice. Let me give the example that the soul is in the body. It appears nice, right? But without the soul, it's like imagine there's two two friends. One one is both about eighteen, and one of them is having his birthday. And the other one says, "You know something." This is your 18th birthday. I'm going to do something really special for you. I'm, I'm going to set up a date for you with Miss Australia. He says, oh, come on. You can't do that. That's ridiculous. He said, no, no, no. I know her. I'm going to set up a date for you. Tonight, 7 o'clock. Be ready, okay? The guy's thinking, oh, come on. So at 7 o'clock tonight, he knocks on the door, and he has Miss Australia there. You see, I told you, Miss Australia for you tonight if you enjoy he says well she, he says well she doesn't look very healthy well there's no soul you mean she's dead well yeah it's just a minor detail though you know 
So even Miss Australia, Miss Universe, without the soul, not attractive. Especially after eight days, ten days. Even a body so beautiful, so attractive, yeah, it becomes obnoxious without the soul. So the soul is actually beautiful. That's what's beautiful. So why is the soul so beautiful? Because it's part of Krishna. And Krishna is the most beautiful. And the more we come in contact with Krishna, the more beautiful we become. And the more we come, we become detached from this material subtle sense. Okay. There's another subtle sinful desires, but this is the main problem. In a message to you, there were three things. So I, I might as well cover that. There's three things. And I said, you can very quickly please Krishna. Well, I mentioned one of them, right? that you have compassion. And this one, that Narada says, is that you're satisfied in Krishna consciousness. If you're satisfied in Krishna consciousness, Krishna is very pleased. Because we're in the material world. We're in Maya's kingdom. There's so many things that we could be doing in the material world. Right? If we're satisfied by chanting Hare Krishna, serving Krishna, Krishna's very pleased. This is one of the psychological, one of the subtle psychological pleasures between a male and a female is that the male is thinking that she could have chosen so many other men, but she's chosen me. And the girl is also thinking, he could have chosen so many other girls, but he's chosen me. So there's some subtle pleasure there. So Krishna, see that's also, but Krishna also has ego. He has real ego. So Krishna's thinking, that person, that girl could have been doing so many things in the material world, but he's just thinking of me. She's just thinking of me. So Krishna's pleased. He's very pleased. If you reject all the things of this world, then think of Krishna. Serve Krishna. He's very pleased. And the last one, Narayana says, is if one is able to control the senses, Krishna's pleased. Because as you know, there's that analogy in the Bhagavad Gita of the five senses. They're pulling the identity like horses. The mind is the is the uh, is the brains and the drivers and the intelligence. The chariot is the body and the soul is the is the passenger. And so we have to control the senses. Even that even one of the common senses can drag away a person from the devotional path. So we have to control the senses. How? Krishna explains, you have to get a higher taste. 
you get a higher taste in serving Krishna, then you can control the senses. Otherwise, it's not possible. The senses are so powerful. Vishwamitra Muni, so many great sages lost control of their senses. The only way that the senses can be controlled is if we get this higher taste of devotional service. Otherwise, no hope. <laughs> because Maya is working through the senses. And Maya is so powerful. Krishna says, he says, this divine energy of mine, consisting of the three modes of material nature, is very difficult to overcome. The one who surrenders unto me can very easily cross beyond. So, Maya is working through the mind and through the senses. And she knows each of our little desires. Right? Krishna is more powerful than Maya. Take shelter Krishna. Maya hasn't got a chance. Okay. Any other question or comment? Okay. Thank you very much. Shri Prabhupada.